You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. This is Women to Watch. I don't think you can truly change for the better in a lasting, meaningful way, unless it is driven by self-acceptance. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Be inspired by women from across the globe. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. What I know to be true is that women were always meant to lead and by shining a light on those doing it well today my hope is that more women will find their own voice now here's the owner founder and host of women to watch sue rocco hello everyone and welcome back to another week of women to watch i'm sue rocco and it's so great to be here with all of you uh, before i welcome my guests this evening uh, just a quick reminder to stay with us during the breaks where you will hear from our exclusive watch team of women leaders. These corporate partners bring news from their industries to the show each and every week, and we continue to be very grateful for their support. Uh, I'm also very excited as well to share that the very first edition of Women to Watch on 6abc.com is going to be airing this month. So stay tuned for that. We are just incredibly um, honored and excited that 6ABC has picked up our show and we're going to be adding video to radio. Um, we will be sharing when the, uh, the first show will air. If you're interested in learning more about our watch team and how you or your company can be a part of the show, feel free to email taylor at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two watch.net net so now i'm very honored and excited to welcome to the show priscilla sims brown priscilla is the president and ceo of amalgamated bank priscilla welcome to the show thank you can i just start by saying congratulations that's really wonderful yes. you're going to have video and people will be able to see you on 6abc and um i think it's fantastic Oh, well, we are, uh, well, thank you for that. And yes, I'm very excited. It just, it allows us the opportunity to have, uh, reach an even broader audience. And, um, I love the idea of, you know, people seeing the faces of, of my guests every week. Yeah. That's so, great. That's yeah. Great. 
Um, so listen, I want to, before I kind of start talking, uh, you know, about your life story and where you came from in your beginning for the listeners, I wondered if you could just give a very brief history of amalgamated bank, because some people might not be familiar with yeah. it. And I, and I know that it's a hundred years old, which yes. is yeah. very impressive. Yeah. Almost exactly a hundred years old. Um, a hundred years ago, there were, um, uh, immigrant workers, mostly in the clothing industry and the textile industry, who were finding themselves unable to be banked. Uh, They couldn't get basic banking services because of their backgrounds. Many of them did not have lots of money, but they still needed uh, banking services. They needed uh, to deposit their checks somewhere. They needed to um, you know, get loans and mortgages. And so they started this, this union of um, amalgamated clothing workers started the amalgamated bank um, back in New York at that time. Um, yeah. And so a hundred years later, we are still a bank that cares a lot about workers' rights. We care a lot about labor. Um, we think it's really important to, to have collective bargaining. We've also expanded so that we serve um, other segments of change makers. So whether that be uh, politicians or whether that be uh, climate-related organizations or organizations focused on racial justice or gender justice, um, all of those things, which today make up what we call ESG, this bank has been doing for for. Hundred yeah. years. Yeah, I I love that. And we, you know, later on, I I really want to talk about what kind of initiatives are taking place now, um, because of the support of the bank and and what you're excited about. Um, I of course want to start with with your mom, and your mom Marta was uh, the very first woman to serve as senator uh, in Ethiopia. What has that? impact, um, or how has that impact, I should say, been on you to know that and have experienced that? Yeah. Um, needless to say, it's been enormous. One, one thing that always catches people a little off guard, though, is that I didn't meet her until I was 20 um, because, uh, because I, uh, she was a student in the U.S., as was my dad when I was born, and they went back to Ethiopia um, I stayed a short time here and then spent the next 10 years in Germany before coming back to the U.S. Um, as a preteen. And um, in all those years, I didn't have uh, direct uh, interaction with my mother until um, the mid-70s when, the, when I was still you know, young, but the, but the uh, Ethiopian government was overthrown and my parents and siblings had to escape. So I can tell you that from the very first time I met my mother, uh, my first observation is the same as today. And that is that uh, she takes on um, every challenge with just enormous gusto and always the optimist, always feeling that um, in her case, her, her, her faith in God and her determination are going to be enough to overcome anything. Let me ask you this. Do you, do you know, or have you asked her what her um, feeling has been that she wasn't a part of your upbringing while she did incredible, oh, important yes. work? How did that affect her? Of course. I mean, first of all, I was the only daughter. She had, she had sons. My two older 
uh, brothers went to school in England and my two younger brothers were closer to her, saw her more frequently. And I think what she would say is um, that was the biggest sacrifice for her um, in the work that she did was that while she influenced thousands of people, maybe arguably millions of people, she she did not have the benefit of some of the basic things that every uh, woman who gives a birth to a child loves to have, which is the ability to watch that child grow and develop. Um, that said, uh, this notion of service and this notion of uh, paying it forward and giving to others and this collective every child is our child um, mentality is something that she's instilled in all of us. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the woman who adopted you, Hattie Sims Brown? Yes. Uh, Hattie Sims. I'm Roberts, sorry, excuse actually. me, Roberts. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that's okay. I have a lot of names. It's hard to <laughs> This is true. <laughs> um, so Hattie was this fantastic uh, person. She, um, uh, she was from the South. Uh, she did not have a lot of formal education. In this. Actually, she was trained as a nurse, but she didn't have education in the area that she uh, was her passion, which was antiques. So my earliest memories of her were, you know, running around uh, various parts of Europe uh, in her kind of extended Volkswagen with some crazy, you know, thing tied to the roof. <laughs> And uh, the back of it all filled with whatever our find had been uh, or going to estate sales um, where, you know, unfortunately, usually someone had passed away and the family was um, selling the belongings and her going to help them understand what they owned. Um, Just this incredible um, sort of disarming uh, approach she had to the world with her Southern accent and um, that got thicker when people were surprised to see a black woman coming. She, she'd become really Southern then. Uh, but then she would surprise them with her knowledge of antiques and, and, um, and really was like Marta, a very confident and driven woman. How did they connect? How did you end up? They didn't. They didn't. Um, oh gosh, it's such a long story. I don't think your segment has enough time, but the bottom line is that um, Marta left me in the care of a, of a different family, <clears throat> and that family, um, uh, due to resources and other things, were not able to meet the commitment. And so um, Hattie became uh, my mom, and that all happened before. I don't really know firsthand much about that, because that all happened when I was right, a baby. Right, right. For as long as I can remember, even when I was in boarding school for 10 years in Germany, uh, Hattie was the mother who came every weekend and brought baked goods and, uh, you know, baked a a mean tea cake that uh, she got everybody hooked on and talked about what it's like to be a black woman from the South. Yeah. Wow. That's that's an amazing beginning, Priscilla. Um, We're going to go into our first break. Stay with us for our watch team, and I'll be back with Priscilla Sims-Brown, again, the president and CEO of Amalgamated Bank. We'll be right back. Now the women to watch. Finance Watch. Finance Watch. At Penn Community Bank, we're committed to giving small business owners the tools and resources to help them succeed financially. Want to start a business? Once you have your business idea and structure established, you may be wondering, what comes next? 
It's easy to focus on the big picture. So here's some simple steps you can take to get your business operating successfully from day one. Even in the early stages of your business, separating your business finances from your personal checking account is a necessary step. Create a business checking account so you're more organized when it comes to your tracking your finances. There's a wide variety of business checking accounts available, so have an understanding of what would work best for you and your business. If your business is ran from your home, having a P.O. box address can give your business a more professional image. Use this address for communicating with customers and vendors and as the address for all bank and legal documents. A P.O. box can provide a sense of security when receiving important documents too. If your target customer may not be in your location or you simply want to expand your reach, explore if e-commerce would benefit your business. Consider factors like inventory, shipping, technology, and employees when deciding if to take your business online is the right answer. If you're not so sure but are willing to test it out, try a platform that takes care of the back end of running an e-commerce business. Most importantly, don't be afraid to ask for help. Turn to those in your network who have been on the journey of starting a business before you. Asking for help is one of the best things that you as a business owner can do. Penn Community Bank offers business banking solutions to help your company thrive. Learn more about our business checking products at pencommunitybank.com today. Penn Community Bank, here we are and here we grow. Women to watch. Sports watch. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Jen Welker and you are listening to Sports Watch. Losing is a part of life and it is hard for all of us to get over it, right? Like Nobody wants to say, you know what, I'm going to go in this today. I'm going to take the L, right? Like, I am going to not give my best effort, and I really hope that I lose, right? Nobody does that. And there's a reason why, because we want to, we, we are taught, we are trained to go for the gold, to win, to be that person who sets the example. And yet, when we talk about mental toughness, mental toughness, is actually the ability to be present, to focus on what's in your control, and to move on to the next decision, not focusing on the past. How many plays as an athlete, for example, do you lose to a bad play or a bad call, right? We're all going to have, we're going to miss tackle, for example, right? Like, I'm a linebacker. I'm supposed to tackle people. There are going to be times when I miss that tackle. However, do I miss the next three plays because I missed that tackle or do I come back and make the next play? So it's about focus forward, focus present. And what do I need to do right now in this play on this day to win? And that may have been, you know, uh, a result of not winning the last day. If we're so focused in the past, it's really hard to be present, right? You can't do both. We cannot live in our rear view mirror. So what did you take? from what took you down and how are you going to take that into the next play that you make so that your likelihood of a win is a lot greater because you took an L. Follow me and all my adventures or you can say misadventures on Welter47 on Instagram or at jwelter47 on Twitter. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks so much for being with us uh, this evening. I'm joined by Priscilla Sims-Brown. Priscilla is the president and CEO of Amalgamated Bank. Um, And 
In the first segment, we heard a little bit about where you came from in your beginning, and certainly that I would imagine um, was incredibly impactful just because it wasn't your traditional beginning. And um, um, when I look at your education and your professional journey, um, I wanted to ask you about the fact you ended up at Berkeley. So we're jumping ahead, but you know, when we grow up with mom and dad in the house, there's this messaging of education and how important it is, whether that is um, a part of the messaging or not. And I'm curious, uh, Hattie, who you spoke about in the first segment, um, was she integral in the fact that you ended up at Berkeley um, and how much of her influence is a part of you and how much is innately from your mother and your father Yeah, in in your drive and ambition? Yeah, this whole nature versus nurture. Correct. Uh, I, I am definitely a test uh, case for that. Yes. Uh, except that, as I said in the last segment, Hattie and Marta had so much in common. Uh, very, very different in their upbringing and exposures, but uh, very similar in their drive. So it's hard for me in many times, uh, in many instances, to understand which one influenced me most as a as a young person. Um, I was, I started out at Berkeley. Hattie uh, lost her sight when I was in high school. And when I was um, a freshman in college, um, actually I was at a different school. I came back to the Bay Area, came back home because, because of her health issues. And then ultimately moved around again uh, to San Francisco because she, uh, we lost her when I was 19. Um, at a very young age, she was 48. Um, I would say that, uh, though, for her, education was so important because it wasn't something that she had full access to. So, you know, I always think about the uh, the slogan from HBCUs, you know, a, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. There's so many intelligent, bright, talented people who but for their, but for poverty and race and other issues, uh, would be names we'd all know. They'd, they'd be household names uh, for very good reasons because of their impact in the world. And Hattie was a good example of that. But not only Hattie. I mean, there are just many, many people around, and I think that's why both Hattie and Marta shared this real desire to make sure that whatever they could do to. Um, support education and progress um, for ind- people individually and collectively, they did. So they were both people who just brought people around them, pushed people along. I remember Hattie uh, making me very upset when I was in high school because um, I'd broken up with my first boyfriend, but she saw so much promise in him that he remained her son and she continued to promote him. I remember her, I remember her <laughs> buying him a tux or renting him a tux for a senior prom and as the reward for something he had done well. And I'm thinking, well, mom, that's just not right. He's not going with me. <laughs> so from very early on, she was that way. And with Marta, she re- um, actually adopted nine uh, children uh, and then, Others later, later, and I lost count. But more importantly, she reared 59 kids in her home in Indiana once she moved to the U.S. and got stable. And wow. all wow. 59 of those kids were here for one single thing, and that was to get their educations. 
And almost to a person, uh, they did. Almost every one of them um, completed whatever educational aspirations they had, um, yeah. you know, thanks to her. So I, it certainly is an important, important element. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, well, well, let me ask you, what were your own personal aspirations? So, you know, as a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up? Because when I look at your career, you've done several things, yes. right? You, you've been in marketing, you've been, you were a TV reporter, um, yes. and now here you are leading um, a national bank. So go back, I what think, was it? Yeah, I think as a young person, I wanted to be you, Sue. I wanted to be the person who told... Stories who elevated people and their stories. I had, from a very young age, um, I never thought my upbringing was weird. Uh, but what I enjoyed about my upbringing was that um, I wanted to be that sort of link between people who were very different. My German family, my Ethiopian family, my American family. Um, there's a Norwegian uh, branch of my family. I mean, I just saw very different people having really common goodness. And I really wanted to tell those stories. And then that evolved as I, <clears throat> as I grew up, it evolved into wanting to uh, really focus on, on small businesses and telling those stories. So I started out when I was in journalism, had a show called Inside Today's Economy, where basically you elevated the stories of small businesses. Um, and I became sort of interested in the financial sector more out of um, a desire to make sure that I understood how to help all the people we were encountering who hadn't had access um, and were, you know, as a result, suffering from this wealth gap that we all talk about so much. Uh, I wanted to be strongly independent financially, and I wanted the people around me to be strongly independent financially, and I wanted to know how to lead them there. Tell, it, with regard to that, Priscilla, what what do you, you know, when um, the good news is today, when it comes to women, there, um, there are so many resources and support and, and education for um, us to be more knowledgeable about finance and, and money right. and investing, right? Um, where would you, as the CEO of a bank, where could you say we are today as far as women and, and your clients and how much progression has there been um, with women being very fully involved in investing and banking and, and saving? Yeah. So, you know, I do think women are great communicators and that's a big part of, of course, that's a generalization, but it's a big. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply part of uh, what makes one an effective um, leader in any role, but in particular in financial services. And so everywhere you look, every corner of financial services today, you see women leaders. Um, not enough. We always want to see more. Um, I don't think we can have enough. Uh, I don't think we'll ever get to the point where we feel it's enough, but we're starting to see strides in the right direction. I do think that um, it's always been the case that in some households, women um, uh, had the time, uh, unfortunately for the wrong reasons, because in many cases, um, they weren't really given the opportunity to, to do the other things they wanted to do in their lives. But women have had the time to take an interest in the finances of the household. Um, I do think women make, uh, you know, what we say in our Ethiopia not-for-profit is that if you give uh, a chicken or a cow to uh, a woman, she's going to make sure she feeds first the family and then the community. And that's true in the U.S. when it's not, um, you know, a physical animal. Uh, and what Project Mercy has done in Ethiopia, uh, this is my family's not-for-profit, is that we have uh, entrusted women with the financial um, uh, wherewithal to 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 build for the families. I think in the U.S., when you see that happen, uh, you see success as well. The kids will go to college. the 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 family will be stabilized. They'll have a home. Um, the kids will be educated. Uh, these things will happen when when a woman controls the finances. Yeah, I agree. Um, we're going to go into our next break. Stay with us for our watch team, and I will be back with Priscilla Sims-Brown, President and CEO of Amalgamated Bank. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch, Military Watch. Hi, I'm Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Military Affairs at Comcast, NBC Universal. This past weekend, my daughter married the love of her life. As mothers, we are consumed with nurturing our children. And for me, sharing this momentous step in my daughter's life is something I'll cherish forever. There is a powerful connection between mother and child. Hikers know never to get between a mother bear and her cubs or suffer the consequences. We've all seen stories on the news of mothers showing superhero strength to lift a car to save her trapped child. But this connection even moved our nation's warriors during one of the most brutal experiences faced by the U.S. military. When our nation entered World War I in 1917, there was a patriotic appreciation for the women who raised the soldiers on the front lines and were continuing to do their part on the home front. Mother's Day became a day for Americans to recognize these women for their service. On May 8, 1918, General John Pershing declared, I wish that every officer and soldier would write a letter home on Mother's Day. 
This is a little thing for each one to do, but these letters will carry back our courage and our affection to the patriotic women whose love and prayers inspire us and cheer us on to victory. So I want to say thank you to all the mothers out there who served or stood by those who have served. A mother's love endures, and I wish you all a wonderful Mother's Day. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back. I'm speaking with Priscilla Sims-Brown this evening, the president and CEO of Amalgamated Bank. And Priscilla, you referenced Project Mercy, and I certainly had that as a, a question. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your family's nonprofit and how things are today in Ethiopia. Sure. Um, so I'll try to run through both of those quickly, although it's, it's, it's long. Um, I'm so sure. Project Mercy is an organization that was started nearly 45 years ago uh, when my parents uh, saw the devastation in Ethiopia, uh, which occurred because of drought uh, and other problems. And so um, they started doing interesting things for relief, uh, like understanding um, the needs of the people and the culture uh, enough to create uh, a a uh, porridge that was called that is called at meat, but in this case, um, my parents uh, organized Johnson and Johnson to to fortify this porridge with the appropriate vitamins for a starving nation and uh, with Quaker oats to provide the um, oats, and they made this porridge and uh, working closely with World Vision. Uh, they were able to distribute this across Ethiopia, which was very helpful. Um, as the situation there changed a bit, it, it emerged from being a relief organization to being a more comprehensive development organization, unique in a couple of ways. One in that it um, works with the elders in the communities that it serves um, so that it uh, helps to create, to, to um, actually execute on a strategic plan that the elders and Project Mercy develop together as opposed to coming in and telling people what they need. Um, and the other thing that's unique about it is that everyone is vested in it. Everyone in the community contributes to the work that's done. And then lastly, I would say that um, it's also unique in that it's completely comprehensive. So for example, we have a health sciences college, a school with 1900 children. Um, we have a um, skilled training program for women. We have a hospital. Uh, we have a cattle breeding farm. Um, we produce coffee and we produce, um, we have chickens and, and produce, uh, have produce. And so all of these things work together to create a vibrant and thriving community in a place where uh, there was just abject poverty mm. uh, in the past when we arrived. Um, let's talk about the initiatives that you're involved in currently with Amalgamated Bank. And, you know, sure. what are some of the, the things that are happening right now that you're most proud of or excited about? Well, first of all, I should say that, you know, Amalgamated is America's socially responsible bank, and we really mean that. So every single thing we do um, is with that in mind. 
We have, um, as I said, change makers who are clients across all uh, the spectrum I, I mentioned earlier. And we invest, so they, they deposit with us and they also lend, uh, we also lend to them. And there we are investing in everything from uh, climate projects to community development projects to um, affordable housing and you name it. Um, so I think it's it's really a unique uh, organization. We're the largest B Corp banking institution in the country. Um, and so the dollars deposited go directly toward value-aligned businesses that all address social, racial, and environmental justice. One of the things that I'm really excited about right now is our policy platform. We get involved in a number of things, uh, whether that be... Um, uh, uh, against uh, irresponsible activity with guns or whether it be um, social or racial. One of the things that's obviously really topical today is we announced uh, this week that we are, um, of course, in support of Roe v. Wade and that we, as a result, have uh, set up a fund uh, for organizations and individuals that want to help those who are going to be uh, badly affected by uh, the the action that the Supreme Court could take. Um, as part of that, we are also guaranteeing for our employees and for their family members uh, transportation, child care, and other benefits to support their need if they have to leave a particular state to go to another state uh, to get reproductive services. Uh, we believe in a woman's right to choose, and we're we're really um, sad to see uh, what's happening around the country this week. Um, you mentioned your employees. How you manage? Am I right? Is there about four hundred employees within your bank? Yes, yes. And to tell me, as the leader, you know, you were at the top. What is the culture like there? What What would you say? Um, is your gift as a leader that keeps them feeling motivated and also a part of all the work that, that you're doing? Well, it's a funny thing. We've done research with both our customers and our employees, and what we hear uh, from both, both groups is the same, and that is that they are with the bank because they believe in the mission. Uh, they believe in being socially responsible themselves. Our employees are largely people who live that mission in other ways outside of the workplace as well. Um, we have just incredible people on our team who give to their communities, are activists, um, really clued in on uh, a number of important issues of the day, and, and they're really participating in those issues. So we become the natural choice for them. And our culture, it's always a moving target. We're always trying to strive to be better. Uh, but I think what we want to do is we want to uh, live the um, uh, culture that we, that we uh, aspire for others as well. And so it, we work very hard at doing that. And I would imagine, you know, the, the things that you're supporting must be so incredibly rewarding you know, to be doing work that every day is helping the community and people from, from different parts um, is incredibly rewarding, I'm sure, for them. We're going to go into our last break. I will be back with Priscilla Sims-Brown, the president and CEO of Amalgamated Bank, and stay with us for our watch team. Now, the women to watch. 
Marketing Watch. How to get buy-in and launch your creative ideas. Hi there, my name is Diana Barnes, or DB as most people call me, and I'm the Chief Brand Officer and Creative Director at Munchkin, the world's most loved baby lifestyle brand. Today I want to talk to you about how to get your leadership team to buy into your creative ideas. Brand building is essential to creating a business that stands the test of time. It's also one of the hardest aspects of business to measure and quantify. So how do you convince your leadership team to greenlight a project or a campaign that doesn't directly drive sales? Here are my three tips. First, think like your CEO. Imagine you're the CEO of your company. Ask yourself how your project supports the business. Your answer does not need to be tied to sales to be important. Does your request help position the company as a leader in its industry? Maybe it improves customer experience or boosts brand loyalty. Each of these contributes to the success of a business. Number two, timing is everything. Does your project require $50,000 that isn't in your budget? Part of creating a successful pitch is developing a successful plan and that includes budgeting. If your idea is costly, find out when your company begins budget planning and arrange to make your pitch during the beginning of the process. And last, be flexible. My experience dealing with nuns and rock stars well prepared me for working with CEOs. My best advice is to know your facts, especially the math. Have the answers and expect the unexpected. Think about what in your plan can change to meet the requests of your leadership team without sacrificing your goal. Be flexible and be willing to work with your boss to give them skin in the game and a stake in your idea. I use these three tactics to get buy-in from my colleagues on Munchkin's executive team and our board of directors to launch Stroller Coaster, a parenting podcast. We've become trailblazers within our category, and the show was ranked among the top 2% of shows within Apple Podcast Kids and Parenting category in our debut season. You can listen to it at strollercoaster.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. See you next time. Now, more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back. I'm so thrilled to be talking to Priscilla Sims-Brown this evening, the president and CEO of Amalgamated Bank. And we mentioned motherhood several times throughout the show, Priscilla. And I should mention you are a mother yourself. Yes. Two beautiful children, um, Faith yeah. and Cole. Uh, in doing my homework, I discovered your son has written a book while at Georgetown. And uh, it's called Gray Boy. Um, first, you know, what surprised you the most after reading his book? Because when our children kind of put out their, yeah. um, you know, their thoughts and feelings, we don't always know what they are. Uh, I worked in Australia for two and a half years right before coming to um, Amalgamated Bank. And Cole was at BCG in Australia at the same time, finishing this book that he started, to your point, at uh, Georgetown. And I thought I knew it was about, so first of all, the book is about Cole's life and the life of other young African-American boys who were growing up in white spaces. Now, he certainly talked about the girls he knew growing up as well, and he talked about um, people from a perspective that you don't hear as much about when you hear about Black people. Um, And these are people whose, whose children live in white spaces all the time. They go to schools with predominantly white kids. 
Um, they have activities with them as well. Their friends are, are multicultural, uh, but a lot of, of white influences. And what that does, and it's interesting for me that the experience Cole had and the experience that Faith had, even though they grew up in the same home, was totally different. Cole, um, as a young black man who got tall uh, pretty early on in his teens, um, was was treated differently uh, and felt differently about his blackness. He he felt uh, racism in ways that Faith did not early on. She had uh, great acceptance and uh, didn't have the same anxieties uh, that Cole did. What was sad for me in reading the book was how uh, it sent him to dark despair in a couple of uh, times that I, I didn't fully appreciate how, how bad it was for him. Uh, the good news, mm. though, is that they both emerged uh, living, <laughs> I like to say, their best lives. And they both, um, you know, they both are very expressive uh, young adults. And they, they're both, they both happen to be writers. Faith is um, a social media editor at W Magazine. Um, and she's 22. She'll be 23 soon. So just graduated last May. Cole, who graduated in 2018, is working on lots of new projects, including this week, his second book coming out, which a, wow. um, uh, he assisted a guy named Matt James, who is the, um, the Black Bachelor on the show, The Bachelor. Uh, oh write, my gosh, write sure. Write his yeah. story. And again, the story had a number of layers around race and identity, which um, I think the collaboration that Matt and Cole had, and the friendship that they had long before they they started on this project, uh, enabled them to to write it in a way that hopefully helps other people who are grappling with difference, no matter whether that's um, that they're African American or they have some other kind of difference. Mm, that that's amazing. You you must be so proud. I'm very as a proud mom. of both of my children and all of yeah. their friends. Yeah. And all of their friends. So tell me, you know, I think as mothers, there's more to worry about. And, and we worry about our children's futures and the, and the lives that they're going to live in. And I would say it truly is more difficult today, I think, for young people, because there is literally no privacy. <laughs> you know, we were able to kind of escape um, what was going on all around us and around the world. And today it's so heavy for kids. What, you know, in your own, when you lie down at night and, you know, our brains start wandering, what is it that you uh, most are afraid of? And do you have a mantra that you live by that allows you to kind of stay grounded and, um, you know, continue to do the great work you're doing? Yeah. That's an incredibly great question and a good one to, to, to end on. Look, you know, this is where my private life and my work life converge. And the reason I love the work I've been doing for the last year at Amalgamated Bank, because um, I worry about the same things um, there as I do at home. I worry about racial justice. Um, and so I get to influence that and, and help others who have a big impact on that. Uh, I care about voting rights. I care about what's happening uh, when we, you know, there's a bit of me that feels guilty when we see terrible things happening um, because I always worry about whether or not I did enough to make a difference in my own world. I worry about climate. 
and I worry about violence and, and gun safety. These are all things impacting my children and their lived experiences, and it will impact all their friends and, and their children. And it, it, it just, we're setting a tone and a stage for um, the, the next 50 years. And the decisions we make today, particularly in climate, the decisions and actions we take over the next 10 years are gonna affect many generations to come. And so I worry about all of that stuff. And I tell you, uh, what keeps me really grounded is honestly the Bible. Um, I come from, as we talked about Hattie and Marta, I come from uh, Christian stock, two women who made it their mission to instill in me um, their Christian faith. And I, I believe it. It's my own personal lived experience. And so I pray uh, every night and every morning for both forgiveness and grace and really just hope that um, as we all con continue to strive to make this world a better place, uh, we do indeed succeed. I think that's that's a beautiful way to end the show. And I think, you know, again, I always feel that women in particular, because we're such relationship builders and we want everyone to be okay, um, it can be such a burden, you know, the worry. Yeah. And so you have to have a place to go, some something else to focus on. So um, I, I'm so grateful, Priscilla, for you taking time to share your story with our listeners. I know how busy you are. And I wish you continued success. I hope you'll stay in touch. Thank you. Same to you. That is it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Stay tuned next week for my interview with Renee Williams, Executive Director for the National Center for Victims of Crime. Um, and again, stay with us for um, our announcement for 6ABC. Very excited. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.